1: So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today.
0: So welcome back to Newly Dads. This is the podcast where we talk all about craziness of being fathers and and drink wine. Is, what wine do we have This the other is actually week? very nice.
2: Is this one from Yugoslavia?
0: Which no, is, and I don't think have the, the other Yugoslavia day? is a thing anymore.
2: No, but what was the wine you had? The Georgian wine. My... God, that wasn't that was that wasn't great. But today that wasn't I've got great, a, yeah.
0: a lovely Ridgeview British sparkling wine, and it's actually very nice. I massively support British. So do I, yeah, obviously. For the man that wore Union Jack trousers for the, mm. the entire... of Actually, I think that's the only reason I became famous, I think, because of Union Jacks and long hair. Otherwise, mm. I just want to be one of those characters. Wasn't talent. Wasn't talent. <laughs> Certainly not. If you've noticed, I've grown this beard, if you're watching. So now I, I look like some sort of
2: suave... <laughs> I don't look like swallow at all. I think we should rate the beard. I think we should get feedback and rate the beard because I love the beard. And also, this is like three day growth. Yeah. I'm almost tempted to see how long it takes you to grow like a yeared. I know do you know, should you know, see my balls. Do you know what? A yeard, yeah, oh, I haven't seen them in a while. Uh, do you know what a year is? A yeared is where you grow your beard for a year, and that's that became the fashion. You know, if you live like east of Holborn, and it's like the long, like fluffy, soft, weird thing. And I think it'd probably only take you like a month. I would look absurd with an enormous beard. Also,
0: nice way possible, without sounding like a knobhead, if I was to grow a full, full beard, I would actually worry that people would say that they wouldn't recognise me and they wouldn't ask for photos. Yeah. <laughs> that Because that is actually upsetting. I remember going on a holiday to a country where Maiden is not shown. And I sat there and I was like, no one's asked for a photo. And it actually, it, it gives you a fairly horrible complex when people don't ask photos because it's such a regularity in, in Britain. When you go to other countries where Maiden Charles is not, it's really weird. You're treated like a civilian.
2: That is, that's <laughs> literally <laughs> like, I don't even know what to say to that because that's just such a dickhead comment. It's, it's true. That's why well, I'm treated like a civilian. Well, it must be so hard to be treated like everyone else. My God, just because people aren't kissing your ass left, right and center, so like, can I have a photo? Can I have a photo? Can I have an autograph? Yeah, yeah. so if I was going <laughs> to grow this beard... I, I worry that people
0: would be like, well, he's lost it. He's I lost think November's
2: coming up and I think you should do it. I think you should grow an absolutely enormous beard. I quite like a man with a beard. And everyone's saying it looks good. Ollie doesn't think it looks good and everyone's saying it looks good. And then also, I don't mind the fact that there's a bit of grey in the beard. Yeah, there's a lot of grey in the beard and I'm very aware of it. I think this. it helps with the grey in the hair. I am it's going to turn into a
0: feral. Everyone will be like, oh, that's that guy, mm, he lost it.
2: Hi, I'm Gareth. And I'm Ollie. And we are the newly dads. The newly dads. Great. Let's nice. so try good. that again. Uh, we are the newly cancelled. Newly dads. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Hi, I'm Gareth. And I'm Molly. And we are the newly dads. And the twins this week are 13, 13 weeks old. Well, we've just come back from holiday. We have, well, yeah, actually, and talking about British, we went to Cornwall. We did go on holiday and it was
0: very, very nice. Um, we took the twins down to Paul's death.
2: Paul's a big part of my life. So, yeah, our first trip away with the kids.
0: Yeah. And it's very special. So death is an area in Cornwall where it's a beach and it is just my favorite spot in in the world. David Atten once said he's seen more of the world than any other person that's ever lived. And I think that's quite remarkable. However, his favorite place on earth is Richmond Park. And that is something to say. I've been to every continent bar Antarctica and I think that Cornwall is my favorite place on earth. It's my home away from home. It's the kindness. It's just something about Cornwall that's like old school Britain, and it's just really lovely. And I like it. It's quaint and charming and local. And you drink lo- local cider and eat local fish. local foods, and you can get fish. And
2: right, okay. <laughs> so the journey down. See, this packing... was a slight worry. Well, no, it okay. was we... I hate road trips. Okay, so there's there's a few elements here. One, we meant to leave at 10. That didn't happen. We left at one. So Ollie's one job, one job, was to pack the kids' clothes. Got down there, two onesies, no muzzies, the baby brezza machine, a couple of other things. So the first morning, I had to go up and go and spend 170 quid in next, which was an hour's drive away. Actually, next clothing's not bad. No, what's bad is the fact that you forgot to actually pack. No, I did pack some stuff, but I didn't pack enough. That was the issue. You didn't pack enough for going out to the Bluebird for a quick bite to eat, let alone going down to Cornwall for five days. Anyway, I digress. Packing the car was a nightmare. There is a lot of shit that you take with kids. Basically, you realize that you pack for yourself,
0: and then you pack for an entire family, and there is 4,000
2: bits you need to remember. And also, this is our first foray into a travel with the kids. On a four-hour journey, so we've timed it right. So the kids are eating every three to four hours. So we've timed it. Bottle-fed them. Got the car loaded. I've also taken Sophie Herman, our German friend, who's on the show with us, and she does not travel light at all. She's super.
0: We had two cars, and they were both full. As soon as we got on the road, I remember thinking to myself, "We've made an enormous fuck up. This is an operation like no other." Now I'm very aware. In eight weeks' time, we are flying to Barbados for New Year's for two weeks. And this is going to be a nightmare. The kids were actually doing incredibly well. I still believe that I'm in the right here. I don't so. I, we need, uh, over two hours, you're meant to stop. Uh-uh. So uh, listen. Not with,
2: again, seat, not with the new car seats. Right. Not the, with the we, new car seats, right? the new car seats. No, the maxi cozy pebble, they lie flat. The kids are perfectly content. We kept checking on them. Anyway, so basically, we get three hours into the journey. And I'm like, right, we could suddenly get into the stage where the kids are going to be like sensory overload and just screaming in the back. And there is nothing we can do about it at that stage. We then just have to get to the end. So we stop at the service station. And the agreement was we stop off, get out, give them a cuddle, move them around, maybe change if they need changing. No. Ollie was like, no, we're going to take them out and go for a wander around. And I was like, I don't want to do this because we've perfectly timed it that we're going to get them down there and they're not going to cry, right? And also, I don't want to spend 45 minutes in a service station with, I think there was still even a little chef there. It was so old, they still had Sunny day. Like, it was <laughs> honestly, like, there was nothing healthy. And I was like, we can't sit here for this long. So argument ensues, I'm wrong, he's right, he's right, I'm wrong, oh, whatever. Oh, I'm it. right. No, I was right. I was right, because what happened? Well, 20
0: minutes before we arrived at our location, the baby started fucking screaming. Screaming.
2: And no amount to. of Delta Goodrum can fade that out. I know, they, they weren't Delta fans. So do you know the sad thing, right? Before we had children, <laughs> when we were first dating, we used to listen to like the Disney playlist on like on Spotify. Now we have children, we don't. It's really weird. What were we listening to? I think I found that song. Peter Pan was right. Oh, this it, fucking it, song it, that it, does my head in. This guy basically just takes these like kid stories and then makes a really melancholy thing about not it. wanting to grow up and be Peter Pan. And then he's like, oh, playing this on repeat. And I was literally like the kids screaming back and that. And I was like, I'm literally going to leave you. Leave you, you say that a lot. I was like, I do because
0: I think, think about a lot, it a lot. like, I'm going to leave you. I've actually caught him Googling divorce lawyers. I have, yeah. But <laughs> basically that's song, he finds in <laughs> my search history
2: and knows I'm being serious. <laughs> Divorce lawyers. And the fact is, you would leave, and then 20 minutes later, you would call me and say, you miss me. That's the issue. Depends what Tinder's like nowadays. So we took them onto Polzeth Beach, and I was so excited, because it's the first time we got to use my papoose. Apollo's only just big enough to really be able to use them, and then Cozzy was still in a pram, which prams and sand don't go together.
0: I wanted them to to see seawater for the first time. I wanted to bless them into the Cornish world. And so we put a little bit of Cornish seawater on their hands. And I just think that was quite wonderful because it's the first time they've ever had sea and it's on Poles Beach, which means an awful lot to me and a lot of people. I got a bit emotional when I brought them on because bringing my children for the first ever time onto that beach is emotional. And I hope they got the opportunity when they're 16 or 18 to sit there and have their own memories on that beach that could sit there and be like, this is very special to me. And this is where
2: dad used to come. So we take them over to the sea, dip their little hand in the sea. It's like some sort of Cornwall thing sort of vibe and put up a photo and then basically just get a load of jip about not, not having hats on babies. The babies were fine. Like I know it sounds silly because it does sound like October and Cornwall windy or that kind of stuff. It wasn't, it wasn't cold in any if, form. It was very mild. it was too hot. So anyway, we got a lot of trouble for not putting hats on. Also, I love it because then people start sticking up for us and then they're like, well, maybe it was hot. Maybe it wasn't. Someone's like, oh, I was there that day. Fuck off were you there that day. I was there that day. It was hot. It was hot, even though it didn't look hot. The babies were perfectly warm. I've been through a four-year IVF journey. If anyone thinks I'm going to do anything to harm my child in any way that is going to make them ill, they're mental. They are actually mental. I love these kids so much. I am not going to bloody give my child pneumonia because I want to get a photo of them on Poles Their Fucking Beach. I was talking to some other mummies and people who have had kids recently. And although they're four months old, they are technically like four or five weeks aren't they because they're prem he gave something back to me yesterday and we yeah a turd we should, a massive, massive fucking no, no, turd no, no we didn't because I made you change that yeah I remember. Um, you went out shopping and I fed them and then I was like I'm keeping that surprise for you yesterday I literally was bouncing him and he was just staring at me and his eyes were going, starting to go green and he literally just gave me a little grin it just made me love them even more so, obviously, it's Halloween. Spooky, eh? Spooky. And we're both a bit of a sucker for Halloween, aren't we? We love Halloween.
0: One of my biggest dreams is to go to Salem. Where the witch trials are. Yeah. Fascinated by it. With the babies. With the babies at some point. Why not? I'm not saying this year. I want them to know
2: about the Salem witch trials.
0: Inequality for the witchy community.
2: Where we live, everyone goes really all out with Halloween. So, we're we're taking, actually, the kids to a pumpkin patch, aren't we?
0: So the ex-Prime Minister's wife, Carrie Johnson, um, messaged me the other day, name drop. Mm-hmm. Basically, what you can do is you can get your children and put them in a pumpkin so their legs are out there and you put like a thing on their head. It's amazing. I <laughs> think she was like, you've got to do this twins. And I was like, 100%, we have to do The thing is, twins. With, having, a pumpkin. with having
2: twins, you got the dual outfit, right? So, you know, you can be Justin and Britney, Denim, yeah? Obviously right? what we're going to do. Obviously. And then also, an absolute cracker. Anyone who's a <clears throat> Pixar fan, Toy Story, Slinky the dog. You dress one kid as the back end. One kid has front end and you have a slinky bit that goes in between them. <clears throat> I could be like Batman, you could be Catwoman. Mm, not really. And then the kids, one could be Robin, then one could be Batgirl. That's There's not that, a Batgirl, I, I don't that. think. There, there is, is, is a Batgirl. I mean, There's a Batgirl. Who like I've Ollie, never heard of a Batgirl. Ollie Locke, you have zero idea about D C or Marvel. Anyway, if we had twin girls, you could do the shining, couldn't you? a bit dark. Is that a bit dark, yeah. And then also like political stuff. I, want, I The other day I was like, I could really make, you know that little starry onesie that I bought? Yeah. The blue one with the white stars. I looked at um, Apollo and I was like, I could make you look like Trump for Halloween. All I need to use is some of your daddy's Dior backstage makeup. Get your blonde wig. I could chop some of my hair. I'll stick that on. That would be quite fabulous to dress as Trump. Yeah, and then we could be like... Someone could be Nancy Pelosi. Someone could be Hillary Clinton.
0: American politics would be funny, to be do, fair. Who?
2: Oh, oh, ooh. ABBA. Who goes ABBA? No, a bit Dead boring. ABBA. Zombie ABBA. I and don't got think slinky. we can do this quite
0: yet, but I would love to dress Cosima one day as Winifred Sanderson from Hocus Pocus with the kind of lips, like Bette Midler. Like, You've got
2: to wait until she gets teeth, because she's got the teeth. I
0: just think it would be heaven. I don't want Cosie to take her life too seriously. I have never been happier than friends of mine that take the piss out of themselves. My darling friend, Emily Hartridge, was my favorite human in the world. And sadly, she died. She would walk into my house and make me laugh every day with not having a fuck about anything. She didn't give a, didn't give a shit. And I want Cosy to live by that and just be like, just be naughty and have fun. Just be
2: fun and have a sense of humor, I think it's yeah. important.
0: Just have a laugh. I tell you what, who would you want to speak to in Mean Girls at that party when they all dressed up? Who would you speak to? Lindsay Lohan. She was dressed as a dead
2: bride that was like a, a, corpse, a bride. corpse
0: bride. Also, just take the piss, have fun. I, agree, Dress, I agree. Heidi
2: Klum. Yeah, you the ever seen Heidi Klum. That's what I was going to say. Heidi Klum. Her outfits are incredible. I want to be that level. That level of the twins.
1: There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care.
2: So now we're going into the segment we like to call New Deliveries, and this is where you send in your stories and messages to us, and we read them out and give you some helpful feedback, would you say? I doubt it. Where your agony are. I, don't, I just <laughs> laugh. Or we just laugh at them and talk about it. Hi, guys. I was very excited to learn of your new podcast. Thank you for talking about your experience in NICU, or NCIU, parenting for your lovely Prem Twins. My husband and I are currently navigating this rocky road. Three years ago, we started trying for our first baby. It's been a difficult journey with unexplained infertility, miscarriage, and then fertility treatment, which was then successful with a positive pregnancy test at Easter." On the 10th of September, I went into spontaneous labor. Oh, we know this all too well. Much like your surrogate and was just three and a half hours later, our miracle boy was born 14 weeks early. That is really early, isn't it? That's like 26 weeks. Oh, and well. weighing a tiny one pound, 10 ounces. That's <laughs> pound lighter than Cosy was. So small. We're now four weeks into our stay in hospital and everything you mentioned about the machines, the steep learning curve and the incredible staff resonated so strongly with me. Listening as I drove to the hospital with the umpteenth time to see my baby. It's so refreshing to, to hear people with a platform talk about their experience and explain how nothing goes to plan when you start trying to, or even when you become parents. Best of luck with your gorgeous little family. Love Charlotte, Jack, and baby Cooper. This is really sweet because actually it was a really terrifying time for us. And like, this was how green we were to anything knowing about Nick NICU. 26 weeks is very early. And I was worrying about 31 weeks. But I rang our, our baby lady and I was like, oh, to need the car seats. And you get up there and they're like, yeah, you're probably not going to be out of here until November. And you just don't know. And you don't know how healthy the baby's going to be or anything. And I think this is one of the best things we've done is share, even if it just helps one person and makes them feel less alone. I'll I tell it's a you good what, thing. this has hit home quite a lot,
0: actually, because I know this podcast is generally meant to be about smiling and laughing and having a wonderful time. But actually, messages like this are also hugely important. Talking about miscarriage, talking about all the fertility, infertility problems, et cetera, is something that we understand. This is our fourth round of IVF that we've managed to get our twins. And yes, we're here smiling. And yes, we're here laughing and making jokes and telling stories. What we've been through is joining a community of people that is pretty
2: fucking rough, if I'm honest. The time when you decide that you're going to have kids, basically is like, right, we're going to start trying to have kids. That moment you decide to have a kid, you then start planning your future with that kid in mind. And it took us three and a half years to get there. And every single time, every plan we made was, we might have kids at that time. Our oh, surrogate might be pregnant or whatever. So you, you work your life around that. And it was really actually quite shit three years.
0: Just um, a quick a shout out to anyone going through that right now. Because if your kids are in NICU, if you're trying to get pregnant and to just keep going, just keep going because it happens it's a shit journey. And I tell you what, something that a lot of people have told me, and this is something that's reoccurring from anyone that meets us and speaks to us about fertility, is that when you stop trying, it happens. And it's one of those things, and I don't know the science behind this because there isn't any. And often people say, and I know that's frustrating for anyone going through it because it's an annoying thing to say, but a lot of people say that when you stop trying, it happens. and And it just does the pressure behind what you're doing is obviously producing some sort of hormone or whatever like that that well, stress that is, is stress, stress is a stress. huge thing. Well stress is the biggest form of cancer, everything like that. It's just it's horrible. But just keep going and just try if you can
2: to distract yourself. So for me, one of the best things about NICU, and you have to look at the positives of these things, is the people there. Because you're around the people who are probably some of the best carers in the world for children and it taught us a lot. I mean, if you can change a nappy in an incubator with a thousand wires on your baby, then you can change a nappy at home. It just takes out the fear of taking them home. There's no private NICU, so you've got to remember
0: the NHS should always be there, and we're so lucky to live in Britain where the NHS is so wonderful and that's something that should be protected forever because those children were looked after every minute of the day by incredible men and women who just should be paid a lot more. They were angels. They were literally looking after our children and cleaning their nappies and doing everything. Remember also in a slightly selfish way because we go down that route every now and then, take advantage of the situation because as soon you're gonna clear all the nappies up. Um, so do, yeah. do, do remember that actually you can go home and, and chill for 10 minutes before someone else is doing it. But really in good. all honesty, learn from these people and ask questions and, and remember every now and then, bring something in for them, bring donuts or bring sweets or whatever like that.
2: We were at the Royal Durham, then we we're at Sunderland, then we we're at Chelsea West. So I don't want to say all the people there are absolutely incredible.
0: These people are saving lives and like genuinely saving lives. And that is something so special. It's not just a life, it's a baby. It's a little baby. And that is their, that is their entire life's work is to make sure these children survive and thrive. And that is something quite fucking extraordinary let's, let's move on to a different one all right hello ollie and gareth i am so loving the podcast thanks very much i have a story about a cock and a ring sorry hang on, hang on. is that cock i have ring? a story about a cock Wait, and a ring but not as you expect i have two kids my son is 10 and my daughter is six when my son was around two years old he was obsessed with his penis I think that's all kids, though. This is weird. Yeah, it's true. He would make it stand to attention all the time, wiggle it around, revolting. Thank you for that. It was morning time. I needed to shower, so I set my son to watch Peppa Pig in the bedroom. I would always take off my rings when in the shower. I know where this is going. So I put them on the side table. After a quick shower, I came back into my room to find my son completely stark as a little chap standing to attention with my beautiful ring sat around the base of his willy while he was doing little willy dance. <laughs> while it was in full flow, the ring wouldn't budge. Luckily, after he stopped his dance and the little chap relaxed, my ring came off. It took a while for me to stop seeing that image when I wore my ring, but now it's just a funny story when we need to embarrass him. Ali in Cheltenham. You know what?
2: I don't know how I feel about that. It's that's so really gross. Rude. Was it their wedding ring? Because if it's like Argos, it. if it's like you know, if it's, it's very liberality. Also, that is that's got a lot of sharp edges. There's nothing you can say about that. There's nothing you can do about it. If it wasn't the ring, you'd have put something else. You know, on all there. kids are obsessed with their willies. It's one of those things everyone is.
0: So, with the messages we get, we are a podcast that wants to make you smile at 4 a.m. when you're struggling. However. We are all a community of people that go through an awful lot of bits. Remember, it doesn't always have to be funny. We will be doing funny stuff as well. But also, remember, we've we've been through an awful lot. And this is why half of the reason why we're here is to share those stories. If you do have any stories or messages or anything like that, that you need a little bit of a boost at that 4am feed, or just something to share that you want us to talk about, please make sure you email us at jampot productions.co.uk. We're here to make you smile, but also we're here to be your gay best baits. And so remember that, please.
2: When I grew up, I had the most horrific fear of werewolves. My dad once just sat me down in front of the TV and it's like, just watch this. He put the 18 version of Little Red Riding Hood on where it's a werewolf and she gets ripped to shreds by this werewolf. Anyway, so then a recurring nightmare I had for every night up until probably later than I want to say, I had a fear of wolves, werewolves. And so much so that I once wrote a poem that I had to do for like an English writing class when I was like 15. And it got published in like a book. And someone was like, God, there's some real trauma here. And I used to have to check under my bed, the wardrobes. I used to have to check the house. And I had this dream. And actually, the dreams even became themed because basically, I'd be running And then I'd be at the top of these stairs and the wolf would be at the bottom. And I'd just wrap myself in my duvet and be like, this is it. And just throw myself down to the wolf. It was so bad and so repetitive. That Even on my birthday, the wolf was like, I'm here birthday boy. Like that was how like frequent, how frequent this dream was. And I had a fear of werewolves. I think werewolves are particularly fucking scary anyway. You know what my biggest fear is.
0: You know this. And it's something that's that's ingrained in my body that I I'm not attention seeking I'm not whatever. Yeah, it's wait, something wait, wait. that I can't go near. I can't watch. I can't do anything. Cold sores, oh, fuck them as well. But it's something else. Oh my god, BFG! I can't watch it. You can't watch the BFG. It's something that is so terrifying to me. I like to think of myself every now as a, a children's author because I have written two children's books and Roald Dahl's books. His imagination incredible. However. For some reason, ingrained in my mind, the BFG is potentially the most terrifying thing in the world to me. And I tried to watch the new film right up my street, fantasy and and uh, adventure and, and all that kind of stuff. And my eyes filled with water as soon as the thing came out. And I don't know what it is, but I'm terrified by the he BFG. And also, well,
2: who's the... Oh, it's the wolf in um, Never, Never Story. Never Story. Fuck me. Um, Amelia. I Amelia's to listening to this right day. now. And Amelia, my sister, cannot. She would have to turn this off. Someone was talking to me the other day about regression. And then basically you fish out all these things that basically fucks you up as a kid and then it helps with you when you're older. Um, we probably really need to do that. Because BFG is currently on Netflix and if it goes past, he flips out. Like flips out. My I'm awful. 37 years old. And you're afraid of the BFG? Uh,
0: absolutely petrified. What we're going to do, because it's Halloween, is we have just been sent by producer, Ben. We are going to choose out of the villains that we all know who would be the best evil babysitter. Let's start with the White Witch of Narnia. She'd be good. She's got Turkish
2: Delight. Do kids like Turkish Delight? No one likes also, Turkish Delight. Also, she can basically, like, how long is she going to be with you? As long as she's motivated, she's giving you stuff. And also, she's got fur blankets, and basically, it's probably Sophie Herman anyway. But Well, probably. White Witch of Narnia, not an ideal one. Wicked Witch from the West,
0: Wizard of Oz, not a good one, to be I fair. think
2: it's fine. Kids love monkeys. She's got monkeys. They can fly. Also, may we just add, you were once attacked in Gibraltar by a baboon. baboon. It wasn't Gibraltar, it was actually in Cape Town. And it didn't attack me, it stole my sandwich. Well, there you go. And well, again, so, me. But I, not she, great.
0: But she's got control of monkeys. Monkeys are not great. Also, go to Bali, see what happens. Dolores Umbridge from Harry Potter. Who, uh, may we just add, Stephen King once said that
2: Dolores Umbridge is the biggest villain of all time in any book. He he thinks he's the best villain in any book. I mean, basically, she hates children, let's be honest. And then also, she basically gives Harry Potter a pen that that cuts him. I had to take the kids to the health centre the other day for a weigh-in. If I come in and they've got, I must not, carved into their arms... Social services probably aren't going to be very happy about that, so it's not going to be Dolores. And she's certainly not a babysitter. She's a knobhead. Count Olaf from A Series of Unfortunate Events. Now, he no. just wants to kill the children. No, and also he tried to marry the girl, and he wants to kill the children for the inheritance. Absolutely no way is he yeah, no, after our Sorry, kids. mate. Um, Willy, Willy Wonka. Wonka. So, producer Ben thinks that Willy Wonka is a villain... Um, I think he's just a bit more suspect about inviting a of kids to his chocolate factory where one of them was going to get the chocolate factory when they have zero experience about running a multinational chocolate distributor. It's basically like being invited to Neverland by Michael Jackson, isn't it? Let's be honest. Let's be honest. That's, that's what's happening. He wasn't handing it over to, you know, the CFO of Hershey's or... Um, Craft. He was handing <laughs> it over to a child. <laughs> what was his motivation? I don't want him around my kid. Um the <laughs> bang bang is actually a that is a
0: childhood trauma. We all know that. That's fucking terrifying. But at least you know where the kids will be. Terrifying a bit, a bit
2: like the Pine Piper. At least you know where the kids are.
0: I would at some point I do want to be a pantomime villain, I think. I think the villain's much more fun to be than Prince Charming.
2: I love a villain. Actually, you know this. My favorite film. Tangled. Incorrect. You my love favorite the film in that. No. Your favourite film, full stop? Is? Lion King. Correct. Favourite character in Lion King? Scar. Correct. That's my favourite character of all time. I think he's chic as fuck.
0: I love Jeremy Irons, who plays the voice of
2: Scar. I'd his... leave my kids with Scar. He didn't kill his nephew, did he? He just killed, the, just killed his brother. Right, okay. Ursula from The Little Mermaid. Now, I love... Ursula from this moment. And my auntie sounds a bit like Ursula. Oh, no,
0: she does. Your auntie does She's sound like Ursula. Like, oh, so yeah.
2: like, oh, and and she does a belter. I like the songs in that. And you know, what's she gonna do? All she wants is the trident a bit of power. She's not gonna I think she'd be fine for the kids. The voice situation's a bit
0: skeptical, as in stealing the voice. But our babies don't have voices. But also if they could have the most cl- could also, nice baby's possible, cries. Ursula would have been a smoker. So how do you smoke underwater? Because if you speak like that, you don't do that naturally, do you? I was obviously
2: re- a very heavy smoker. I was really annoyed it wasn't played by a drag queen in the film. I actually agree with you. It should have been a bloke. Miss Trunchbull from Matilda. Now Miss Trunchbull from Matilda uses an ancient torch device, which is basically you know where the coffins. Choking. Yeah, yeah, but you're not leaving kids with her, are you? I mean, you know, look at Miss Honey. She's messed up. She's messed up. She lives in a hut in the woods. She can't even take her teacher's pay and get on the mortgage ladder. She lives in a hut. In the woods, it's not okay. Like that is the level of damage. <laughs> Miss Honey has not had the proper guidance in life, and I don't want that being passed on to my kids. Miss Trunchbull, you know, she might teach other lessons, but she but you doesn't. reckon Miss Honey is actually the villain here? No, I think Miss Honey lacks life skills that basically anyone with a phone could Google. Well, Miss Honey is a basic bitch. Um, Cruella Deville. I think Cruella Deville is a fucking inspiration. Right, 101 Dalmatians. Fine, she planned to kill some puppies. She didn't even get away with it.
0: So a friend of mine, Alex Kleinberg, his parents knew he was gay from when he was very young. When they first saw the Hundred and One Dalmatians, because he turned around when he was what eight years old or something like that, he goes, "Fuck the puppies, darling, you look fabulous." And that's <laughs> he when shouted they, that in the yeah, theatre, and I that's love when that. they knew they were gay. He was also,
2: gay. she's running an empire. You know, she's hardcore. The woman's a fucking genius. She is, and she's got a beautiful office in London. She's world renowned. Like she's on top of her game. She's not going to skin them, is she? She's probably going to give them some nice little outfits. She'd probably go to Bon Pois with She's them. quite fabulous. She's got bank. I like her. And or she's got a good car. Well, I tell you what, we
0: are gonna go with Cruella Deville because she's London, is easy accessible because she's it, around the corner. Is it
2: bad that I would have made her a godparent? Because she's she's could, you know, you really, basically really have help. Sophie Herman. You have created they could, really, that. they could really sort them out, get them a job. She's got money. She's got no kids of her own. She'd be leaving that empire to our kids. Corella Deville, hands down. If anything, I actually want to be friends with Cruella Deville. <music> Guys, thanks so much for listening again and tolerating
0: us for another week. Make sure your stories or messages or whatever like that sent to newlydads
2: at jampodproductions.co.uk. We'd love to hear from you. And guys, also make sure you follow our account, newlydads, on both TikTok and Instagram. We'll see you next week. Happy
0: Halloween. Don't get too spooked. You've been listening to Newly Dads with Ollie and Gareth Locklock. The producer is Ben Johns.
2: The assistant producer is Maya Adelia. Videography by Jamie Gilbert. Video editing by Jake G. The executive producers are Jemima Rathbone and Jamie Lang. And Newly Dads is a Jam
0: Pop production.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods